Welcome back to Real Voices of the Game. I'm Dave D'Agostino, and I'm joined here by my co-host and star of this show, Sal Marinello, and this is the Hot Corner with Coach Sal. As you can see in my spare time, my sons and I, daughters, my wife put together a garage band there, so that was our rendition of ACDC Back in Black. Hopefully the audience appreciates that. Um, now before I address our audiences, welcome back, Sal. Welcome back to your show. Right, yep. Yeah, early in the week for us, but great to be here. Yep. Got a little earlier. Usually we get to get to it on the Thursdays or Fridays, but we got some stuff to talk about today. So, but to our fans now, we're approaching 20,000 subscribers. We're up over 19. We challenged the audience yesterday. I heard Kevin Kernan get on you guys about getting us up to 20 by the end of the week. And you guys have responded. Make sure you continue to download, listen, like, subscribe, rate, and review. Rate and review helps us battle the podcast world analytics, much like we do in baseball. If you do that, we can keep providing you with great content like Coach Sal does here every week. Apple, Amazon, Spotify, or Stitcher. That's our streaming devices. Let me know if you have another one. I'll subscribe to it. Hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Obviously, you can see Coach Sal on Instagram every day. He puts a lot of great content up there. That's where you can follow him the closest. Hit me up on Facebook, though. I get back to one person live every day and everybody else privately. 72 countries, grassroots, MLB front offices. We're hitting all the right voices and just trying to build a better baseball IQ out there and as our audience has challenged me to challenge new listeners, I will read their uh, kind of their plea to remind you guys to prepare to embrace the uncomfortable truths about baseball, about health, about life. Um, as this program, like all of our programs, just has no time for the comforting lies that are out there. So we will hit you straight between the eyes and everything. We don't hold back. So with that, uh, bring on Coach Sal here. Sal, um, we got a lot of good stuff today. We go from uh, milk to the White House to music and uh, music and sports. So, where, we, where do you want to start today? You pick. You're the MC. <laughs> Let's. Uh, I was. I was. Two of the three. I was in shock by. But uh, let, let's start up with with a, with a layup here. Uh, you know, we, we thought the pandemic first. The pandemic. I'm not sure it ever existed, but we had a lot of craziness happen with it. Uh, probably the masks being the most crazy thing if we were to rank them. Uh, but from what I understand, the mask mandates are not over right now. And, and it's uh, from the little house on the, the hill in Washington there called the White House is still imposing mask mandates and uh, social distancing with even our wonderful athletes that win national championship there. So touch on that a little bit. Well, there was a story back uh, that they're, they're having a event uh, at the White House for College Athlete Day, and it's athletes from, I'm assuming it's the lesser sports, it's not the high-profile team sports that everybody seems to be aware of, even if you're a casual fan or, or, or not even a real fan of college athletics. But uh, the White House is requiring guests who are not fully vaccinated to wear face masks and, they're, and to practice social distancing, despite the fact that uh, the president and the federal government have terminated the national emergency declaration for for the the covid pandemic so it's just a great indicator of the earth is flat at the highest levels in in our government you have people that are totally unaware of what's going on what's been going on the masks were never going to work we knew before this Kabuki theater of shutdown and distancing and mask wearing that masks were not effective. And yet we're still going back or not. We I'm, I'm not part of that. We yet they are still going to fall back on that. And, uh, 
the fact that here's here's another stat, Dave. We've got more young people have died from the vaccine. More healthy young people died from the vaccine than died from COVID. More healthy young people got myocarditis and other uh, heart issues and blood clot issues than got it from COVID. So we again, we're in a position where the earth is flat kind of mindset runs the world or runs, runs this country anyway. Yeah, I mean, it's the silliest thing in the world with uh, a thin piece of cloth is going to stop some deadly disease from, from spreading. And it does more harm than good, that cloth over your face, because you're breathing back in, um, you know, the air you're breathing out. And that's, that's found not to be, that's found to be more unhealthy than whatever imaginary virus is spitting out there on the world. And, and you know, the, the farcical thing is at this point, nobody carries their COVID cards. I actually had gone to a comedy club a month or so ago, and um, the owner of the club posted a bit on social media that he was asking people to provide their COVID cards. And it was pretty funny because in New Jersey, we still have a fair share of fringe kooks that are masking, walking around with masks on by themselves, wearing masks in convertibles, driving cars by themselves. So it's funny to see that in spite or despite of the the, the high kook quotient here when this maybe it's a, a slice of who goes to these comedy clubs that no one had their card on them and everyone was totally flat footed and flummoxed at the proposition of uh, of coming up with a card. I think one of the we've talked about it either on my show here, this show here or on the group show a while ago that from our sources, we had a bunch of different sources probably half of all athletes BS their way through this mandate with either a fake shot, a fake card. I I am shocked to hear the stories of people who did not do that actually when, when you really listen to people tell their stories, but that that's another issue for another time. Well, I think it's important because those guys, their, their bodies are their livelihoods and there's no way. I mean, I, I spoke to some personally who flat out, you know, kind of laughed like there's, there's no way we're going to do that. And there's no way they're going to make us do that, but we just can't say it out loud because, you know, the, uh, the, the, our professional sports are just arms of our, uh, idiocy that we see at the top with our government. They're just, they're just another arm of it. They just, they have a different acronym. And that's horrendous when you think that that group of people along with the celebrities were used to force people into getting the shot. It's it's an amazing situation to think that a group that was never going to do it, never going to get the shot in large scale and went out of their way to fake it. And those people were used to get the, let's say their lessers in quotes to get the shot. So it, it's just really horrendous. We could, we could talk about this the whole show, Dave, just the gaslighting, uh, that's another term we've used a lot this this year on the show, the gaslighting that's gone on, it, it still goes on. And you, you have countries that have stopped recommending the shot, and we have the CDC here still recommending the shot for the same groups, whether it be kids, whether it be pregnant women, nursing women, that in other countries they've stopped making recommendations. And in some countries they've actually outlawed certain of the manufacturers brands of these or versions of this vaccine. So it's just a horrible, 
it's a horrible situation we're in right now. Yeah. Well, I find the mandates to be ironic since the, the same the same government that allows the borders to fly open, uh, fentanyl flying through those borders. It's killed more American people. You want to compare the numbers than than the uh, supposed COVID did. But uh, I'd like to compare the shot. How many? How, which one was more deadly to our uh, country, the, the fentanyl or the shot itself? But that, that's that's one thing I'd wish they'd put a mandate on. Start getting getting the business on that. Well, and and those people those people at the border are allowed in without having to undergo any screening. Versus people who come through legally don't have to go through all kinds of screens. So it, it's it's really a crazy upside down world we're in right now with uh, with so much of this yeah and then uh, that I, I hate that they use our young athletes in our universities as another tool to you know promote as you said this theater out there the kabuki theater that uh you know as and, and i'm thinking about this i'm reading reading our show notes as if you know there, there's legislation on this stuff but as if fentanyl and shots aren't bad enough think about our wholesome milk right now is being deemed illegal in schools, as you, you shared with me. So, well, again, going back to our theme that our our public health officials have nothing about our health in place, the natural whole milk. This is from a, a newsletter or a Substack by Nina Teicholz, who I've talked about on the show before. That. Um, you can't sell whole milk in schools. Uh, whole milk is illegal in America's public schools. Uh, they can't even sell it in a vending machine or anywhere on school grounds, which is just incredible. And it is part of the non-fat, low-fat nonsense. Again, Dave, it's a flat earth. It's the equivalent of telling us the earth is flat, that you're telling us low-fat, no-fat is better than the whole milk version or the whole yogurt version. It's the same animal, pun intended. You could look at the chart from 1975 to 2021, the decrease in whole milk consumption has mirrors, mirrors the total milk uh, consumption decline and skim milk is in there at a low level. Lower fat milk is closer and has overtaken whole milk and the obesity arrow is a diagonal straight up. So as whole milk consumption and, and milk in general consumption has gone down, rates of obesity has gone up and diabetes has gone up. Now we don't correlation. It doesn't equal causation, but we have enough data points and enough real science to back up these trends. So, I mean, why take it to such an extreme to make it illegal? in the public schools because they want it, you know, without, I hate to always go back to this dire straits of comparing things to Orwell, but the concept in Orwell, we talked about this was you remove words from the vocabulary so that over time by a generation or two, the concept that that word represents is gone. And, and so the person can't even think of that. So we now are we're doing that same thing. Our, our, quote, public health officials are doing the same thing with dietary habits. We're being gaslit into and we're being brainwashed. And especially the young, our children are being brainwashed into feeling, thinking that fat is bad. And so that they can't beat it by going public with the science 
So what they do is they pass these laws that prevent people from getting the, the product that they're in this case home in this case whole milk and they're also driving home the message to kids that whole milk is bad. Yeah, it's another indoctrination. And then if they don't get the healthy stuff, they obviously turn unhealthy alternatives with sugar, you know, even like something simple like apple juice. And it's got more sugar in it than than uh, you know, per cup than well, we've known, we, go, going back to this Nina Teicholz who wrote the book, The Big Fat Surprise, the, the research has been there from the 40s and 50s all through this period where fat has been demonized. The research has always been there to show that sugar is the culprit for, our, for health problems, not fat. And we have these, well, we have the American Heart Association, which we touched on this last week, and these phony baloney groups that sound like they're for science, this Center for the Science and the Public Interest is a well-known advocacy group that has no science underpinnings whatsoever. They're, they're opposed to milk, whole milk on the, on the grounds that saturated fat is the, is the culprit to heart disease, which again, we know, and we talked about how the American Heart Association is recommending guidelines, which don't, aren't even supported by their own standard of research that in 2020 the US dietary guidelines found that there was no that there was insufficient evidence to show any restriction in saturated fat in childhood could do anything to prevent heart disease or mortality in adults so you can't find a clinical trial on school aged children that you you can test the benefits of a fat restricted diet so there there's nothing in science that backs up any of these positions or claims made by these so-called public health officials. Yeah. And I, I, I noticed from the article too, and I wasn't surprised uh, that they, they're attacking all the programs that are funded by USDA. So they're going after the demographic that has relied on things like housing authorities, anything that, uh, anything that government swooped in to be the answer to your prayers now they, they become beholden to them and you become reliant upon them. And the USDA is the one that, you know, that's where they get, they get the funding from them for the school lunches. And the, so it's the lower income schools that they're going after again, um, which is unfortunate uh, because that's, that's what they're pulling away. Any, any group funded by it is not allowed to do it. And if they do it, they'll pull their funding. Yeah. And, and, and again, it's, it's blackmail. And, and what's really insidious is you read more, we talked again about it last week about how you have to delve into these studies a bit to find how they constructed the study. The, the study that the, um, the National Institute of Health used to show it problems with, uh, with cholesterol in kids who had uh, the whole dairy diet, they, they cherry-picked subjects of, and they had kids, they used kids in the study who had unusually high levels of LDL cholesterol to begin with. So, you know, they were looking at kids in the top percentile of this LDL, of LDL cholesterol. So they could have had genetic factors that resulted in these levels and, and it had nothing to do with their intake. So they, they went out of their way to find subjects that were going to come out, that were going to provide a, 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 a result that fit their, thesis, their hypothesis. So it's, it's, it's really a shame. And it's, it's, I'm not 
sure how we get past this again, other than to just keep beating people over the head to read these studies and be have a critical eye towards everything you hear and see. Yeah. And every, anytime a governing body, two, two things, anytime a governing body comes in to save your, your, save your, save your uh, give you the answers to your prayers through money, uh, like they, you know, like they did with, uh, you know, when they started giving out that work relief, thousand dollars, thousand dollars. When you become beholden to that, eventually you get sucked in and you become their slave. And then on the other end, um, these advocacy groups with the with the wonderful names that sound like they're they're cure alls to to again the the answers to your prayers. If there's no problem, they can't get funding either. So a lot of times, like you know, you joke about my favorite saying: "There's a lot of money to be made in confusion," and yeah. They create the problem, and miraculously, they have the answer to the, the problem that they create. They don't you, they don't tell you they created the problem, but they do. And it's probably the same thing with this milk situation that somebody's creating a problem, but somebody and a derivative of that group has an answer to it. And, and oh my God, it costs more money to get the answer. So, and, and you've talked about that too with with um, med- medications and pharmaceuticals, I should say. Yeah, I mean, and the pharmaceuticals are another, we didn't even, we really have not talked about that to the extent we have the, the specifics about the vaccine uh, makers, but the pharmaceutical industry goes unchecked. It does whatever it wants. It it pushes drugs on, on the populace. Again, we're, we had the discussion about Ozempic, and the answer to everything is we have a new disease, which we now have people calling obesity a disease. So we have a drug for it. We have, I've seen experts on the psychology, psychology field talking about how many new uh, situations, what's the word I'm looking for? How many new phobias or classifications of mental disease we have. And guess what? There's a medication for, for all of them. So it's really, it's really a sad state we're in. We're, that's why we're so unhealthy as a whole. Yeah. So the, the kind of going back to our, our original thing was milk being made illegal. Um, I mean, these kids, when you go into schools right now, you see vending machines with sodas, you see all sorts of, uh, you know, things that are unhealthy for them to eat. If you were czar of the school, if the, you know, if the, uh, they said, Sal, you're going to be in charge of, you know, in, uh, things that kids are going to intake in their bodies, let's say just vending machines alone, what, what would be some things that they should be snacking on, drinking? Um, you know, what, what would be your choice of in-between meal snacks? Not that they give you the breakfast, lunch, dinner, they don't get dinner at school, but these kids are snacking all day at school. What would be your Sal's vending machine there? Well, you, you, you know, you could walk into, I, I hate to not answer you directly, but even go into a Wawa or a quick check, the center island, they usually have this big center island kiosk type thing with a wide variety of really great stuff to eat. So there's everything from packages of a, nut, a variety of nuts you could get two hard-boiled eggs for $1.29, which is a great a great deal. They're already cooked. They're already cracked. They're already peeled. I was going to say that. I see that every time I go into a you Wawa get from, the, you from get New Jersey. That's, up, that's, that's like a convenience store. right? Yeah, Wawa is big in New Jersey, Pennsylvania. I think maybe a little Maryland, a little Delaware. Uh, uh, Maryland, Delaware, Virginia. But so th- those 
there's Sheets, I believe, in Pennsylvania. There is uh, what? There's another great one in um, the a name escapes me in Maryland. But they all have the same formula. They all have those foods. So you you should have a healthy selection of wraps and tuna fish, chicken salad in a wrap on rye bread on regular bread. Regular bread is not going to kill you if it's eaten in context. In other words, if you eat something that is quote good for you and you you eat it all the time, it ceases to be good for you. Yeah. So some of these foods that aren't 100% what I would recommend, am I going to lie to you and say I don't have a, a regular role on a hot dog or hamburger if I go somewhere and it's a good hamburger place and that's their role? Of course I'm going to have it because there's nothing wrong with it once in a while. We've gotten to the point where we moralize about food and it's black or white. You can't have whole milk. Well, again, we, let's just, it's, it's the same thing, Dave, as the argument about we're still letting, and by the way, we didn't hear from any GMs, did we, Dave, about getting pitchers out of the weight room? Did you hear from any? I didn't, right? We're, not, we're not, still, not, not working GMs, ones that are out of work we have. Right, so we, we, it's the same thing. The argument that, the federal government could make that their dietary recommendations have worked. They can't, there's absolute, there's absolutely not one shred of evidence. There is, again, it's amazing that someone like Anthony Fauci has a job when on his watch, we've seen an explosion of negative health outcomes in the areas that he is specifically responsible for. There has probably been no bigger failure in any visible job that I can think of than Anthony Fauci, and yet he still has or was able to keep his job. Uh, we don't have any reason to listen to what the feds are giving us. And I, the the kiosk at your Wawa or your or your con- local convenience store chain has better food options than at your school. In in a lot of cases, especially in the inner cities. Yeah. Now I, I snack on, on, uh, different kinds of seeds and nuts throughout the day. I'd like, uh, Brazilian nuts, uh, sunflower seeds, pumpkin seeds, pistachios, um, peanuts. So I, I, I try to keep some of those around. I keep a bowl and that's kind of my, you know, grab and, and go type of thing here. What are some, some food options? Uh, I mean, seeds and nuts, obviously if you do too much, it's not good for you, but what are your thoughts on those? Yeah, I'm not a big seed person. I, I don't believe that they have the magical qualities that everybody claims. I think, again, too much. Those are great examples of too much of a good thing is bad for you. I know a lot of people who have problems with nuts. The other problem with nuts is for as good as they are, it's very easy to overeat them. So not only from a stomach distress, GI distress standpoint, you'll have a problem with your weight if you eat too much if you're if you're looking to rein in your habits or rein in your eating in a, in a a way to get your weight managed if you're trying to do that nuts can be one of these things that are deceptively well they're not deceptively they're calorie dense so more than a couple of handfuls and your chances are you're overeating if they if you're then going on to eat a meal with that so huh. um why are you always ruining stuff for me on the show? Why you do that to me? Well, you don't need, but see someone like yourself who 90, but, but there's people who are trying to make a change. And again, we're, we're in a situation where it seems to be the pendulum swings either to one side or to the other. There's no middle ground. So you just have to, 
be a, you have to be aware of these things. And I know myself, overeating nuts, it causes me great distress. And it's so easy sometimes. You don't even think about what it is. You think, oh, well, these are great. It's a handful of unsalted, unrefined, raw cashews. Great. I'll just keep yeah. eating. But it nothing is that it really nothing is that good for the most part. So, uh, but hard boiled eggs, I do like those. That we uh, do that. Too. They have the little cheese things, uh, little cheese sections. Whether it's uh, Munster, Gouda, most have a uh, cheddar. That's one of the popular ones. They have the salami slices mixed in with cheese and nuts. I think Oscar Mayer, one of the big brands, has those. My, we always had the. Um, the, the fancy name for it is the charcuterie, which is the selection of the sliced different kinds of meats, mostly of our Italian origin. You have all of those different meats that are in packages that you can take on the take on the go, which are great. They're a little expensive, but good food's expensive. You know, the, if you if you want to feed yourself on five dollars, you're going to go to Taco Bell. No offense, and that's not good food, but that's the reality of it. So. There's good ways to feed yourself. Every convenience store, Dave, has protein shakes and a good enough variety that in a pinch, you're better off with that than something in a wrapper or a bag. So, you know, I'm a big fan of the Fairlife brand because even their milk, their regular milk is 22 grams of protein in the 12 or 16 ounce bottle. So... That's pretty good bang for your buck. Like I said, you could get two hard-boiled eggs for around $1.30, which is pretty good considering, again, what your options are when you're on the road like that. Yeah, that, I, I, I like those ideas. I'm, I love the cheeses too, the eggs. We do that. We, we hard-boil them. And my wife and I, because we're, we got the four kids and we're, we're running, we're active with doing stuff with them. And we talked about some of the programs we run and then trying to be active with work and exercise ourselves we try to make things healthy but convenient i watch myself on the nuts and seeds make sure i'm not overdoing it. but we do do the eggs i love i love the cheeses we do that as well and then i finally convinced my wife because i like the salamis in there as well and, and whatnot so uh, all, all good ideas uh, with that what about the fruit that is that another thing with too much of it like uh you know we were at the we had the i told you before we had baseball outside today so you know Kids are bringing, you know, banana, oranges, uh, apples. They don't really eat during, they don't touch food during the practice. But when practice is over, they're grabbing a snack as they're walking to their cars or, or whatnot. But uh, what about yeah, those? The those things are all fine. Uh, again, I, I've never been a big fruit person, and then as time goes by, I find that it's more disappointing, and it's when you eat it, then it, it looks great, and it doesn't always taste as good as it looks. Uh, grapes were always a favorite of mine. Oh yeah, yeah. I I think with kids, whatever, what, as long as it's not in a bag or a bottle or, you know, again, obviously bottled water is is if you have to, but I mean, there's no reason you can't have a nice little thermos with ice in it and bring water and, and have your water in there. And that's, if you're eating properly through the day, that's pretty much all you need. If you eat that, you know, the concept that you need to eat carbohydrates for energy is another myth that's born out of if that's all you eat, then your body is used to using that. And just like a fire that burns hot because you're always throwing logs on it and you have a ton of logs on it and you need to keep that ton of logs on there for it to burn hot, that's what the carb eating does to you. You you throw those carbs into your system, 
they burn your system burns through that right away and you need more to keep going for the most part unless you're at some extreme level of ultra endurance exercise and even then if your body is used to burning its own fat stores you have inf- almost infinite energy even in someone that has low body fat versus the need to constantly fuel yourself via yeah. carbohydrates so that's me you know i, I told you we, i i train that way without knowing it um and you've helped articulate that as far as you know training on almost training at a deficiency sometimes you, you're dehydrated the great athletes can do that um i do ultras now so it's part of the the way of the world um, and, and so i and i think that you know when you go back to why things are, are the way they are we're not when you realize that they they the usda for instance in this in this case that they've clearly been wrong since at least 1980. <laughs> it's a long time. So you're not, it's just like with the vaccines. If we're in a shorter period of time with a horrendous amount of death and destruction, you're not going to turn around. These, All of these failed organizations, these failed institutions are engaged in a full cover-up mode because they, they can't go back and say we were wrong because there's too much at stake for them. So we've gotten ourselves into the situation again where we've been told the wrong thing about diet, nutrition. So we've come up with all these drugs now. Instead of just saying, you know what, we have to roll this back and get back to how we eat, we used to eat before this incorrect information was passed on to, to the population. Yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned water. It triggered something that I had written down. I'd written down something about seeds and water. Um, I want to share with you, you're always giving information and books and, and things to me. So we do, I, we have our own water filters here and I have a hand pump for, you know, that we can travel with. And then we have a bigger one. I wanted to give that to the audience, just do your own research on it. But here's, these are two good ones. It, it really gets out all the bad stuff that goes into our water system nowadays. And um, one's called Sky Hand. Uh, we have no affiliation with these whatsoever, um, so there's no like sponsorship. But Sky Hand, which is spelled with an H, H S K Y Hand, H A N D. That's the portable one, and then Zero Water Unit, which is a pretty good size unit, and it it filters all the bad stuff out of your water that gets put into our systems here. Um, can even take it camping with you too. Uh, the Hand one, I wouldn't carry the larger one. And then we started uh, we we started planting our own garden here, so. If, you, if you're looking to do that, simple arcseedkits.com. Um, great little packets of whatever you want to grow, tomatoes to, um, to I mean, you, you name it, cucumbers. You can you can grow whatever you want. And then um, we started making our own bread, sourdough bread. It's a it's called 10-pound hard red wheat berry. So those are some four things that I'll give to the audience. Again, do your own research on it. Make sure it fits what you want. These are not affiliates of ours at all uh, yet. Anyway, maybe they will after I announce them on the show. But um Certainly would welcome that, but uh, yeah, those are those are some things that kind of give back to you. You give me so much reading material over our two hundred and six episodes that we've had here that I figured I'd start contributing back to you. Awesome! I wrote down those the the sky hand and the zero water unit, and I'm going to check those out. Phenomenal! Yeah, any uh, there, there's a guy that tested the top six. He put two hundred in, and it's a, it's someone that we are affiliated with, and and he did a scientific the real scientific method. He didn't have any outcomes predetermined and went through all the bad stuff that filters through our public water and used the worst of the worst. And those, those two 
scored the highest, uh, got 99.9% of the bad stuff out. So, um, great. which was phenomenal. And that's what you want in your water. So, but, um, well, our, our, our last topic here, unless you want to, to hit more on that, that started out with milk in the schools. And, um, well, I think I, what I will leave, I think we leave people with Dave is it's, it's tracking our, our nutritional health or nutritional recommendation from these officials, from our public health organizations has failed us as has the the advice in response to this COVID that it's not going to go away. It's a matter of are people going to continue to ask questions and hold the people that are supposed to be responsible if somehow they're going to be held responsible. It's not going to happen from other elected officials. It's got to come from the grassroots once again. It has to come from these organizations of parents, whether it's your parents at your local school for for what they're giving your kids in school, or whether it is at the state level, or what whatever we need to do to kind of take back our bodies as far as being able to feed ourselves properly and and, and pharmaceutical ourselves properly. That should be with as few uh, medic- medications as possible, you know, and save it for the s- real certain special conditions when unfortunately you might need it. I agree. I agree. And uh, the, the the last topic, I it's again all all the topics you talk about, they're great for our audience, but they're they're great for me too because either we dabble in it or really do it, or in some cases, like we talk about some mistakes that I've made as an athlete. Uh, but this one we do with our kids, and I'm interested to hear your thoughts on it. We we you wanted to talk about connecting music to athletics, a study that you read about. Well, I didn't read a study per se. I, I mean, I've, I'm always reading up on it, but I find myself falling back on using analogies with music constantly when I'm teaching my athletes how to run. It, it, it could be even some of my fitness clients who enjoy the act, the, uh, the, the process with getting better. And it doesn't matter if it's something we could do inside in the quote, weight room, or if it's something outside that has to do with how you move and run. One of the key features of sprinting, and I use this with my athletes all the time, you have posture. So you have your head position, you have posture, your shoulder action drives your hip action. Your foot should be in the ground under your hip. And then the fourth piece I teach is cadence. And that's where I really get into making the connection to music. And especially as I I mentioned in my Instagram post that I'm going to put up, the next one I'm going to put up, that there's a rhythm that is involved with how you run. And you need to be in touch with what that is. And it helps if you've played an instrument because you understand how the concept of keeping time and how important that is. And, and when you're in the rhythm section of a, of a band, if you're dragging, you drag the rest of the band down with you. So it goes same thing with athletics with running. If you run and your cadence is slower than it should be, it slows you down. So my feeling is that the more kids get involved with music, the better. First of all, it's a great piece of your development. It doesn't have to be your full-time job, but if you could sit down and play a couple of tunes on the piano, or you know enough to be able to teach yourself, especially in this day and age, 
Uh, my one boy has a, uh, my one son, Dante, has a, what, how old is he now? He's probably got 14, 13, 14 years of piano that he can pretty much teach himself anything. But the tools they have now on YouTube, you could go in and if you know your way around the keyboard or a lot of other instruments, you could teach yourself how to play songs very easily. So it's one of those things that it's great for you mentally, physically. What I say in my Instagram post, which is going to go up today, is that just like golf and tennis, that gives you something you could always do. So does the ability to play an instrument. My dad is in his late 80s and he still plays the drums. My brother is a little younger than me and could be a professional drummer, but he has a real job and drums for fun and enjoyment, but he's good enough to be a professional. So it's a great sidelight. I have a, a interest and I play too. I don't play as much. Circumstances kind of dictate when you're a drummer, uh, if you have the ability to play a lot and sometimes you just don't fall in with the right people who are interested in music. So, but I'm constantly listening. And even though I don't practice on a drum set, I have sticks and I'm always tapping and doing all the things that are kind of drum like, and it really is important to athletics to keep that, that same concept in, in the front of your mind when you're, when you're training. Yeah. And it has, I mean, I like, I like how you describe it. I agree. And I, you took it in a direction I wasn't, I, uh, I wasn't thinking, but it's it's something that we believe in too as a family with our homeschool. All of our kids play instruments, and it's not to create the next you know Beethoven or Mozart. It's because, as you you put it, it's something that number one you can do for the rest of your life. Number two, it balances out not just physically but mentally. It, it affects a different side of your brain than athletics does. But the two of them meet in the middle, and um, we do it. Our, our let's see, our oldest son played drums. Uh, it still does. Our youngest, our second oldest son, Tanner, plays piano and Peyton plays piano and they both play guitar. We gave them just enough lessons to learn and then we've we've had them teach themselves. And they, I mean, sky's the limit with that when they teach themselves. And our youngest daughter jokes, her instrument is her voice. She sings. So, um, but yeah, I, I love it. I, I think it's something that I never did. I wish I had. My grandfather was a drummer um, and uh Never, never got into it, but I, I do, we do employ it with our kids to make sure as to, as we do a drawing, we think, consider art being, you know, music and art being one and the same. Um, so I, I agree totally with that. I think it's phenomenal for that. And I, I didn't realize, you know, you talk cadence with running. It's like anything else we talk with pitching, right? Rhythm and timing, rhythm and timing. Yeah. Well, when, you know, when you're working with someone to try to get them to run a certain speed and, and especially when you're preparing for say a combine and you have the 40-yard dash, and when you watch, especially in the NFL, you watch the athletes that run that 40-yard dash in, in say, 4.6 and, and faster, under 4.6, so you want to be in the 4.5s, there, there are a certain amount of strides those athletes take, regardless of their height, and that's a good starting point. It shows you you need to be able to get that many strides in in that period of time. So what that means is there's a cadence to it. There, there is a beat to that, that you, you need to hit at high speed, especially if you're going to be able to run that speed. So you're not taking that speed and taking 25 steps. Say, I believe the number is 16 to 17 strides you need to take in that 40 yards. If you want to run that sub, that sub four, Six and what I was doing when you watch the combine is I'm a I'm, I'm kind of a nut for it. I watch and see how many strides it takes them to complete, 
And then it's a simple matter of some math and having a feel for the pace and you kind of put those two things together. So it's where you get a little bit of art and a little bit of the science and they come together and music has a big role in that. I did that and this I, it's it's not the same but it kind of is when I did my first ultra it was more mental for me but it was to it was to create a because as you've gotten to know me I have a tendency to where I can go extreme where yeah. I want to see how fast but it was a way to keep me balanced in a rhythm for the 100 miles to where I was running the same pace I I knew this the number of steps I would have to take per mile at the rhythm in order to get the, the, I guess the close to the time that I wanted to in there. It didn't work out perfectly how I wanted to because I, after a certain amount of time, I, I, uh, I broke rhythm, whether it was mental or physical or both. But, um, but yeah, no, I, I like that, that 40 yard dash. And you said what, 16 to 17 steps? Yeah, I believe what, what I would try to do is, Strive, I should say. What I, yeah, what I would do with my athletes is I find on, you could go to Google and it was like 256 beats per minute is kind of the pace that you would need to get to to get that cadence. And I play it for them while we were doing our starts and while we were doing some of our top speed work. So they just kind of made a connection and they could hear and they're striving to get that pace. And it goes in it goes hand in hand with other elements of the sprint technique that we're working on, but in my opinion, if you can get the nervous system, the central nervous system firing as quickly as it can possibly fire, that's going to also make you run. So uh, run faster. So I try to get that locked into my athletes' minds as soon as we get out on the field that the cadence and the cadence should be as fast as you can with completing the good, good technique, and that's going to help you run faster. So when you say the 256 BPMs, the beats per minute, that's their, 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 their touches. That's how, that's how yeah, fast. I mean, that's kind of what I was, if you did out the math and I don't know if you're going to be able to hear this, but this is kind of what I would do. So I would have my kid, my guy in his start position and we would just have this and I'd have him listen to it. So I don't know if you could pick this up. Let me know. Hold on one second here. Oh, I might get an ad on YouTube. Yeah. So give me a second here. But that, that's one of the things I found was very important and it helped them can you hear that? Yeah, very loud, loud and clear. So what I would do is I'd have that running when I had my videotape and I'd have them close, uh, not videotape, my iPad digitally videoing them. And I, we would try to get them to meet that. And it, it helped them. It helped them make that connection that not only do they have to have all these other technical things they're working on. It's not a lot of things. It's really only three things, but we're trying to work on those things. And then the cadence is the piece of the puzzle that is the last thing we kind of really hone in on that we get to that level of specificity. I love that. That's, that's, that's fantastic. I, well, I like that's how, that's how you are. And that's, that's what I think our audience, one of the things they grab onto you're authentic, but you don't just throw stuff out there and little, let it gloss. You, you deep dive it. So um, I love the weeds on that stuff. So that's, that's great. I wrote that down too for, cause I, I think at some point in time, I've got to get, uh, both my boys down to you, my older boys to have you work with them on their sprinting. Cause they both can run well and they're both fast and quick. And I'm not an expert on sprinting. I only, the only thing I get from sprinting is from our conversations and right. I can read on it, but I just, I, I was always fast. 
naturally. So those are things, you know, there were other things I didn't do well. So I'm a better teacher at those than I probably am at, at running or sprinting. So, um, but yeah, those, those are things that I think uh, have to get down. I would encourage anybody out there listening. If you, you've worked with some athletes that we're connected with and you've had tremendous results. Uh, one being our, you know, the, the, the young, young lady point guard who had to improve her, her foot speed and you, you helped her in a short period of time, I'm not saying he doesn't have a magic wand. You can't do that for everybody, but he, he gave this kid some really specific things quickly that she grabbed onto. It takes the athlete to grab on and uh, went from, you know, with all the other stuff she's doing added to her abilities to go from a low to mid major recruit to a power five signee. So um, that's a huge jump. That's not a, that stuff doesn't happen by accident. That has to be deliberate. So I'll give you, give you a lot of credit for. Thank you. Well, when you get a good athlete and see, the thing is, it really is only a handful of things you have to, to worry about. And the, uh, what at that athlete at the time didn't have a lot of weight room experience from people who were trying to turn her into a, a weightlifter, which is always great. It always makes my job easier. The job becomes more difficult when you have these strength coaches who think that everybody is a power lifter and ruin kids by the bucket load by trying to make them, quote, stronger in a way that has no bearing on reality So, and what they need to do for their sport. So that that's always great when I could get an athlete before they've kind of been ruined by these uh, meatheads in the strength, yeah. in the weight room. Yeah. Oh, and you, you had the, the other young lady, another young lady too, went from a D2 to, you know, mid-major, high mid-major offers. So, uh, you know, tremendous. And that's on the female side, the male side, working with a couple of baseball kids that I didn't share with you. I'll share with you off the air, but um, their recruitment, that the two, the two boys you're working with, shortstop and the catcher out of New Jersey, their recruitment's gone from basically unknown to where the things that they're doing in baseball and recruiting and the stuff that you're supplying them with, uh, they're now on the radar with some very prominent uh, high academic Division three programs and some uh, starting to get some strong interest for some some really good Division two programs. And it just kind of goes up. Now the baseball has to take over. Now they've got to produce at right. that level. But, um, but the things provided around them. Um, so you're, you're creating – you're not Frankenstein. I won't, I won't make people think that. But you're helping uh, – uncover and discover helping these kids discover who they are so um you know that's that's uh, that's something that hopefully they can take on and all the things that we per, we're, we're talking to people about whether it's milk or the masks or whatever you know we're trying to help people think for themselves and i think that's probably what you provide not just our audience but the people you're working with uh, that's the biggest tool you give them yeah well I, yep and it's uh again try to keep it simple and because you could you only have so much time dave you can't you can't let me let me worry about all the nonsense that goes into it. And I can pull out the two or three key things that we need to work on to make you better. That's kind of how I work. So, yeah, simple philosophy. And it's, a, you know, it's, I share the same with our children. I just got done telling the kids we coach. It's if you do what I ask you to do, when I ask you to do it, you're going to have a great experience. I promise you, um, you know, and uh, how, how would you want to leave our audience today? What, what, what note do you want to leave them with today? Well, I, again, I give give a thought to that with music and watch. I, you know, it's unfortunately the NCAA tra uh, college track championships just ended because that would give you a good place to go and watch and think about watching the sprinters, especially watch everything from the th the, the hundred a meter to the. Did you watch? Did you watch it? I, yes, we have a kid in there. One of our one of our one on one kids, uh, May May Arnold. 
she she finished uh she's a two-time all-american now she finished she's one of the top 100 meter runners in the world and she's a part of the four by four really at texas a&m her her brother uh Javon and Monter with our basketball programs. And her dad is uh, one of the guys that he, he works with us, Jermaine Arnold. And uh, her, the May May, uh, yeah, NCAA two-time All-American right now out of Texas. Right. If, we had, if we had had that conversation, this conversation a week ago, we could have kind of prepped people to watch those sprints and watch the strides that they take and realize that that's as probably as fast as humans can move in that period of time, in that 100-yard dash, and, and what you're trying to do is put the force through the ground. Not to go off on a tangent, maybe we'll leave them with this. I'd like to go deeper into this next week. And we talked about it a few weeks ago, probably a month ago, the rate of force production versus just force production. Those athletes are producing a lot of force quickly. That's the key thing. It's how fast can you produce the force? I don't care what the total number is you want to see the rate of force production because that's how fast they could produce it. And that's what those speed and power athletes all do. So, yeah, that's, uh, we, we've, we've, we've touched on that. It's been mentioned throughout, but yeah, I'd like, to, I'd love to go deep into that because I'm, I'm, well, again, I'm selfish sometimes on the show. I like to do things that, that interest me, but I think our shared interest as, you know, co-hosts and whatnot that's why we've attracted the the audience that we've had. So um, I, I like that idea. I do. And um, well, good deal. So we, we were a little earlier this week. Uh, next week's going to be a little bit of a different week. We're actually, our group is away. Our baseball group has been invited to a USA baseball event. Some MLB scouts will be there, which would be nice. I think the teams are all represented there. Uh, going to be in Greenville, South Carolina, the home of Shoeless Joe Jackson, former. He's obviously not alive anymore. But um We'll be up there, so we'll we'll get back to our audience as to how we're going to do our shows next week. But we heard. I want to get your thought on this quick. So I know you got to run, but yesterday we had a, an inaugural show for Kelly Franco through big supporter of the show. Attorney does does some short bits on Twitter. Uh, really interesting takes on baseball. She told at the end of her show she had food that she likes to eat during the game, and I think she. I have to go back and listen, but I'm pretty sure she said. I know she said cheeseburger, but she likes to chuck meat because there's fat in it. Thickly sliced American cheese, an oversized English muffin with butter on it, which I thought was different. And awesome. um, and I forget the other dressing she had on it, but the butter, I, I kind of froze on the butter because I'd never heard that with uh, a cheeseburger before. And then tequila. Well, you know, whatever whatever you enjoy during a ball game. I don't know if she is she making that herself, Dave, or does she have that at what is a stadium she goes to. No, she apparently she makes that by, for herself when she's that's watching. When she's watching at home. Yeah, I, I that's a good question. I don't know if I have any overt, obvious foods I like to eat with um, with watching sports, but that I'm going to try the butter. I like butter on my steak. I'm going to try butter on my hamburger for sure. Yeah, I guess if you do it on your steak, it makes sense. Yeah. Right on that. So, well, there's thought, a, there's a famous deli in my hometown and they make what we know here in this very small it's a section of New Jersey called a sloppy Joe. And it's not the ground meat sloppy Joe. It is a deli sandwich, rye bread, buttered bread, coleslaw, Russian dressing, whatever your meat is. It started as a ham. It was the, was the go-to. If you ordered a sloppy Joe at the Milburn deli, it originally was ham. And that was on a triple decker sandwich cut in three pieces. That was my first uh, 
uh, exposure to butter on anything other than when you just buttered your bread. So, but that's a great, um, a great treat to add to, to a good meal. Yeah. Well, good deal. Well, Sal, I appreciate all you bring to the network and your show is, is unique and it gives a, a different perspective than our other shows do and, and allows a, you know, we've, I think we have a very intelligent audience and I, I think your content resonates with that audience very well. So thank you for what you do and thank you for your time here. But to our, we went over 19,000 subscribers just before the show. It looks like the numbers are up to 19,300 as we're talking and recording right now. So I want to thank all of you guys and women for subscribing. Make sure you download, listen, like, subscribe, rate, and review. Rate and review helps us battle the analytics of the podcast world just like they do in professional baseball. We can keep providing you great content like we did this week with this show and we do with all our shows. Apple, Amazon, Spotify, Stitcher, where you can stream us. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter is where you can find the show. Hit us up on Facebook. I'll get the one question live every day. Everybody else gets a private answer back. I do get back to everybody. If I don't, call me out. Uh, you can find Coach Sal. Instagram is where he, he goes on there. Tanner looks on there every day. So you may want to yell at Tanner one time. First, when you, your next one on Instagram, tell him, Tanner, clean your room. That'll scare the heck out of him. And then, then give your content. So he, he, he watches your Instagrams all the time. He loves what you do. And he, his thing is, boy, Sal's intense. He's intense. Um, huh. 72 countries now, grassroots MLB front offices. We're just trying to build a better baseball IQ out there. And we think we've got the ear of the right people. And our audience, I promise I would read this to the new listeners, prepare to embrace the uncomfortable truths about baseball, life, sports. As this program, like all of our others, just has no time for the comforting lies being told out there. If we didn't hit you between the eyes of the show, again, let us know. But I think we, we, we delivered again. Sal, thanks so much for your show. A little bit more garage band music to take us out here today. <laughs>